listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast. This is a weekly comedy and history podcast where my older brother and I discuss uh, terrifying, horrible, disgusting stories with unbelievably true characters. This week we are joined by none other than David Painter once again. David, welcome aboard. Is that Stone Cold music? Ah! Woo! All right, He's I'm back. back. Pioneer's so back in the back. I, for, yes, life is good. First of all, I want to thank you for I want to thank you for surviving the brutal bureaucracy it takes to get onto this show. <laughs> oh, uh, the form after form, waiver after waiver. It's really unfair. But yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of our way of keeping the riffraff out. You yes. Know, you know, yes. Because you know if there's one thing riffraff don't appreciate, it's filling out forms in triplicate. Exactly. No, they don't have time for that. This is the first time in my life I've been told I'm not riffraff. So I'm oh, it's excited. important. It's important. It is also good to know, though, that Riff Raff, the rapper, also likes filling out forms in triplicate, which kind of <laughs> screws with the whole thing. But uh, So this is also another week where Nathan and Spencer didn't have research ready. Because we did I three did, in a row last not, time. And that was a lot. Yeah. That drained yeah. our energy. Yeah, it was, but I got things. It I was hard. Things. Okay, so uh, Nathan and Spencer, last time I left you guys with horrible demonic paintings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a curse. So I figured I'd switch gears this time, and we're going to talk about the glory to God, man. Oh, no. Every time God has gotten involved uh, in this podcast, small children have died, or a guy burned himself alive. It never ends well. Yeah, this one's going to be lots Jiminy of fun. Jiminy Christmas. So, in 1832, in London, okay. England, Thomas Corbett was born. Now, his childhood was mostly uneventful. We're going to skip most of that. Uh, panic of 1837 happened. His family got real poor from it. They went to the other country that the Panic of 1837 happened in because there's no mice in America and the streets are filled with cheese. Settled in New York, and he began work as a hatter. So working as a hatter, uh, he was exposed to a lot of mercury nitrate in a yeah. process called carroting, and that messes with your brain. Now, why would you call it that? Mercury nitrate? <laughs> no, carroting. Oh, because what about this turns, process seems like carrots. It turns the hats orange when you do it. Yeah, so what carroting is, is it takes a fur hat and it goes through an assembly line. It soaks it in sodium nitrate so that it doesn't have all the stuff that makes the fur break down and actually lasts as a hat. And it temporarily turns it orange before it turns it back. Wait, so it just like kind of turns into a weird basketball and then, and then back to goes a hat. back? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't seem... Mm, mm dangerous. Head alchemy. That seems seems extremely safe. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. So after years of hatting, um, Corbett kind of grew up and he went to Wonderland. Yeah, went to Wonderland. Uh, He went to New York City. (laughs) He went to New York City. He met his wife. He married his wife. Things were going well and their first kid was on the way. That's good. Uh, awesome. Things stopped going a little news. less well after that because during childbirth, both his wife and his child died. Oh well, well. It's not how it's normally shit. supposed to go. Yeah. This, uh, this is like that bad Adam Sandler 9/11 move. Is he just going to turn into a man-child <laughs> and yell at Don Cheadle a bunch? Well, he's going to start a little Adam Sandler. He's going to get drunk a lot. That is that is very much the plot of that film. Yeah. Uh, That's so, about one of three ways you can take your life when that happens to you. So I mean, I mean yeah. like one of them involves being yeah. Batman, like some sort of superhero, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman's when the you're other parent. one involves being a drunk Is man the Punisher on the bridge. When your family dies, mm-hmm. I think it's Punisher. I think you go yeah. Punisher at that point. Uh, what Corbett did is he started getting real, real drunk, and so he had trouble holding his job as a hatter, and he wound up homeless. Oh, 
Yeah. Hmm. Uh, drunk homeless guy kind of bounced around most of the East Coast. He went to Philadelphia, everywhere else. And he finally settled in Boston. Corbett was drunk on the street, not doing so hot. And all of a sudden, a Methodist preacher came up to him and said, you should put the booze down and turn to God. Why? That never worked. That has never worked. In the history of ever, that never works. Well, Please tell me that didn't work. It, it, he was drinking himself into oblivion, dying, wife's dead, and all he needed was a dude to come up to him and say, stop that, Jesus is here? Well, he did start going to the church services, too. What else could this man have been just as easily convinced of? Seriously? Just someone walks by and says, hey, give me all your blood. <laughs> uh, Alright, sounds good enough for me. I just, I don't... I don't understand how that was the thing. You know, Boy, being drunk on the street is no good. You need to become a horse breeder. <laughs> like, what, what, this could have taken him anywhere. It sounds like he's just a very gullible man. Yeah. Well, this is the way it took him. Uh, so he went, started going to the Methodist church, and he was saved. Everything was good. He was holding jobs. And he was holding jobs because when he was at work and he was working, he was extremely productive. But the problem is he felt so good about being, quote-unquote, saved that he turned really religious. So anytime one of his coworkers would, like, say an obscenity, he would start praying and singing hymns at them. <laughs> so wait, this is exactly like the drunk debate with the Mongols. Yeah. Whenever the Christians start losing, they just sing. That's all they can do. It's the only mechanism they have. God, it's like a, it's like a weird autistic tick. Just it, <laughs> it's how you get to your happy place. <laughs> like like oh no, something went amazing, great, and just oh I don't I don't. All right, how did his coworkers react to that? Uh, well, not so well, but well enough to keep him employed. Now his coworkers mm. could tolerate him. When he was going to these churches at night, they all of a sudden turned to him and said, "You know what?" You're you're really into this stuff. You should go be a street preacher. <laughs> what? No, stop! Don't just say street preacher like that's normal. That was in the Methodist <laughs> Church. No, no, street preacher is like a hip thing that you get to the kids and you get on a skateboard. You got a backwards hat and you're like, hey guys, I gotta tell you about the Lord. Oh, I didn't even tell you this part. They didn't send him out to be a street preacher because they thought he was going to be some great evangelist, or evangelist, however you say that word. He, they sent him out there because he was so damn annoying at church, they just had to get rid of him. If you're <laughs> Even, Hang on, annoying. how fucking annoying, how fucking annoying do you have to be that everyone in a church says, go away? Thank <laughs> like... you! Because I've been to churches. Most people there are annoying. They're singing a tonally... They're, they're offering to shake your hand when I obviously don't want to shake your hand. I'm shaking my wife's hand vigorously, just giving you a go fuck yourself eye contact. And you still want to get a pat in and say, peace be with you. This is bullshit. God, this guy was annoying. So he starts preaching at a place called North Square, which is a triangle. It's a big open, they call it a square. They're lying. The street. It's, it's, a it's right in front of where Paul Revere's house was. So, so is this why Paul had to get out and tell people the British were coming? <laughs> he just had to get the he fuck was, away from that dude? He was born in London, so maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is also the time where he changed his name to Boston because that's where he was saved. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why he's Boston Corbett. Now, going, going from Tom Corbett 
to Boston Corbett, he has added a syllable. He yeah. really has. I he don't is know. Expanding this. I don't name. know if he's. Well, this is this is yeah, not a nickname. That's... This is a legal name. Well, no, let's okay. not get carried away with the legal thing. It's what he started saying his name was. I don't okay. think there were officials involved. Just saying, it's a good thing he was in Boston. That makes for a much better name than like almost any other surrounding township. Seriously, what if it was like Providence Corbett, Concord Corbett? Oh, that actually would have been really good. That would have been Oh, never mind. Yeah, come to think fantastic. of it, come to think of it, every Northeast city is a much better first name. Yeah! <laughs> Touche. So, he's working as a street preacher. He's doing this for a few years. And then one day, he's getting done with his street preaching. He's heading home. And a couple of sex workers kind of, they they want some business, so they approach him. That's a, a very mm, approachable who, business. D- d- yeah. Didn't, and, didn't uh, they know he was saving it for Jesus? Yeah, saving mm. it. Uh, he felt... He felt a temptation where the sun don't shine, mm. and he basically scurried mm-hmm. away in fear and ran home. As did you do? And read the entire well, yeah, Gospel of Mark. Is that's that's honestly how I resolve every awkward boner I've ever that, had. Yeah. Now is Mark sorry, the one about yeah. uncomfortable sex worker? Well, I haven't read that one recently. Well, and I'm sorry, it was the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the one about that, uncomfortable that's sex the one workers. About <laughs> In the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 5, there's a quote where it says, If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you, for it is better to lose one part to your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. No, no, no. No, no, I'm going to put a bit of the brakes on. Because Because his eye didn't piss him off. Yeah. His dick did. Mm. What is he about to do to his Mm. dick? There's another part. That says, for there are eunuchs who are born the way no. that their mother's womb. No. Nope. Nuh-uh. <laughs> there are eunuchs nope. who are Don't made aspire. by men. Nope. <laughs> Don't nope. aspire nope. to be a eunuch. And there are eunuchs who made themselves for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Fuck that. No, there are not. No. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. So Corbett grabbed out a pair Jesus. of scissors. Stop. No. No, he Fuck didn't. You. you are, no, banned for the cave. This is bullshit. I'm uncomfortable. My balls hurt, and I've already had them snipped. This is... This is not... We all know where this is going. We'll skip the bloody part. I actually don't! Okay, so he... I'm sorry. Yes, Spencer? What did... Did he... What, oh God! Which which part? Which how did how did he? I don't want to know, but I also need to know. He 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 took the clams away. Oh God! Okay. <sighs> um. Now we did an episode previously. What year is this? Remind me. This is, what, uh, this like is 1858. 40ish. No anesthesia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anesthesia is not really a thing yet. Yeah. No. Um, no. And he did this himself. And this was not taken off. By Bonesaw, the world's best amputator. This was by a guy who's street preacher. <laughs> and a street bad preacher and ain't known for his efficient tackle detackling. And a pair yeah, of realize, little, little old safety scissors. Just <laughs> realizing the time, he was not super concerned about a little bit of blood. So afterward, he went to a church service. He ate dinner. And he decided to take a stroll around town before he went, you know, this should probably not be bleeding anymore. I, leaving discreet puddles all across Boston. I literally got uh, taken care of professionally by an Indian man with with anesthesia, modern science. Interesting detail choice. I didn't move for four days. 
Why is this man just strolling around? 1858. Nathan, there's clearly a... I think there's a bit of a superpower to having God in your heart, and I'm reconsidering things. <laughs> uh, if this is what Jesus does, I, I might have to reconsider. <laughs> Regardless to say, it took him weeks to recover when he finally went to the hospital. From what? The shoddy just whacking away of his junk? <laughs> the bleeding. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can call what we like. <laughs> We know what it is. So because of that, uh, to dodge some medical bills, he had to go back to New York. <laughs> as, as you do. As you do. I've so, always said, if you're hard out on cash, go back to New York. That's <laughs> always said that. Especially yeah. nowadays. When the going that's where gets you make, tough, that's where you go get to back on your feet. In the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In New York, they actually got really mad at him, too, because he would add ER emphatically at the end of all of his words. So apparently it was a Boston thing that he picked up. What so it, he would say, Lord, hear our prayer. That's that's not a Boston thing. That's just a brain damage thing. <laughs> that's just a fucking madman thing. That's that's a, I chopped my own genitals off. I have some problems thing. I've listened to Mark Wahlberg talk. He does not just add errs to the end of everything. Parker the carer. So this incessant shouting, the only thing they thought he pronounced normally was glory to God, which he would shout loudly all the time. And that's how he got the nickname glory to God, man. They have the most uncreative nickname. I'm going to say, those, that's a fucking terrible nickname. And he nickname. doesn't add the ER to that? It's not glory or to God or? Nope. I feel like there's shorter nicknames you can give to the guy who adds ER to every word. And screams glory to God constantly, and it's that fucking asshole. And that's, I mean, that's equally long. I feel like that would be a more defining character <laughs> oh, trait. Oh, nutless. Oh, there goes nutless. Yeah. Just it's so much easier than glory to God, man. There goes Kendall. Seriously, cut the syllables down. Nicknames are supposed to be short. Now, in 1861, he joined the New York militia because the Civil War had started, and he wanted to fight. I. That seems to go over everything he's about. Just yeah. Screaming about glory to God and cutting your own balls. Uh, you want to go kill people? He said specifically to people at church, I will say to my enemies in gray, God have mercy on your souls, and then I'll pop them off. Okay, this sounds like just a, a, a dude who's like eager to get into boot camp on Facebook. It's like, man, I can't wait to kill all them ISIS boys. Yeah, this I'm gonna I'm gonna it, I'm gonna look him in the eyes and say, Death has come for you, and then I'm gonna <laughs> pop him twice. I'm just surprised he's not yelling glory to God and then popping it off. Yeah. Although to be fair, <laughs> This time he was fighting against slavery, so I mean, he might actually have Jesus on his he's, side. He's definitely on the more righteous side of the battle, but the other, and I feel like we glossed over this, it's 1858. Yeah, well now it's 1861. It was 1858 when my question came up. <laughs> this man castrated himself at home Yeah. before uh -huh. we knew about sterilization or anesthesia or anything. Uh -huh. How did he not just get gangrene of the balls and die? I'm not really sure, but he took weeks to recover. I take weeks God to recover side, if I eat a big meal sometimes. <laughs> he castrated himself at home. That's not weeks to recover. That's He may be a disciple. He may have God on his side because he should be dead. I was going to say, once again, got that holy holy spirit in his bones. This dude is oh, unstoppable, yeah. it sounds That like. will be his last brush with death. Please brush harder. Okay. So, <laughs> in the New York militia, he still had the same issue he had at the factories, where he would stop and pray and sing hymns of people and they used obscenities. And this happened a lot more. 
You don't say. I'd heard tale that boot camp was full of potty mouths. And he breaks out into amazing grace every time that happens? Uh, pretty well. So, the most famous one, there was a colonel who would later be a general, big deal, a guy named Dan Butterfield. <laughs> this is the dude that, like, composed That's taps. a name. That's a name. Oh, his name's Butterfield. Yeah. Oh. So, Dan Butterfield saw the drill and they were kind of loose in their line, stuff like that. And he was not happy. So he came out on a profanity laced tirade. In this drill was Corbett and he stepped out and he said, Colonel, don't you know you're breaking God's law? How did the Colonel react? Why do I imagine Arlie Ermey right now? (laughs) They're in a huge (laughs) argument. First is Colonel Cusselot, and on the other side is eunuch Ned Fladdiddle Anders, and they're going at it, going at it. And when the colonel's had enough, he throws him into guardsman's jail, or guardhouse jail. What is that? It's this thing where you're in the army, and the guards guard you, and you go in like a little, like, isolated jail cell thing. So, so it's solitary confinement. Pretty well, but old school, so it's wooden, it's not as dark and stuff. Oh, okay. So nicer solitary confinement. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Corbett being Corbett decides to spend the entire time shouting hymns at the top of his lungs. Oh, God damn it. You know, if there's anything he is, it's determined. <laughs> if the, it, consistent is what he is. Yeah. You oh, shall yeah. not break yeah. up my strife. You will not bring me down. The every, time, every time one of the guards would tell him to quiet down, he would sing louder. Yep, nope, nope. Heard it before you even said it. Yeah, (laughs) that was the only response. It was the only way that could go. After seven days. No, stop it. No. After seven days. This was not a seven-day marathon of back-to-back Hallmark Jesus, praise the Lord. Like, There's not that many songs. There's like four. There's only like ten songs. Remix them every time. After seven days, the colonel sent a guard with a message. All you have to do is apologize, and you get out. Why? Why do I have a feeling it's not that easy? When the guard told this to Corbett, Corbett said, I only offended the colonel. The colonel offended God. I can't apologize to the colonel until he apologizes to God. <laughs> Just, so it goes, so it goes colonel, and it goes general. Yeah. Then it goes yeah. Lincoln. Then the ghost right. of George Washington. Then God. Uh-huh. And you skipped all the way to the top. So you're going to need like at least two thirds of Lincoln and the ghost of George Washington to get equivalent. And and I know what they did to George when he died and he's not helping. Really not. That man turned his back on, on all of human life after he died. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he, he's, he's not, he's not a fan anymore. Jesus. So when Butterfield got that message back, hearing hymns blaring in the distance, Exhausted, he decided to let Corbett go. Oh my god, he won. The idiot doubled down and he won. God D- damn it. You're just encouraging this shitty behavior. That's, but then again, I, I don't think thrill. there's anything that would stop it. I know how they work. You have now just empowered him. You'll never stop him. <laughs> Continuing on with this pattern, because he was now encouraged, he eventually got himself court martialed for disobedience. Oh. My God, he's the shittiest soldier. (laughs) 
And Why? Court- How close was he to just getting sent <coughs> to the other side? In his court martial, they had sentenced him to being shot. Oh! So he was so annoying that during the Civil War, they decided he was better off dead than the front lines. For the most mm-hmm. part. But at the last mm-hmm. second, they decided, you know, it's a Civil War. We're just going to discharge him. <laughs> what? Why? How fucking bad do you have to be in the Civil War to get discharged? Just I... how how actually bad do you have to be? Like, we were running out of people. All the people yeah, were fighting yep. each other. How did you get kicked out of it? Less than a month later, he re-enlisted with the New York Cavalry. How are you the, allowed to do that? I quit. The record keeping is so bad in this company. It's <laughs> insane. And you know what makes his bad hymns worse? Now he has a bugle and a horse. <laughs> because I know how cavalry works. And this is bullshit. He did, That's he what did this have man a needed horse. was to more area to cover his message and just an instrument to spread it louder. Yeah, That's what he yeah. needed. A megaphone of the time. <laughs> Pretty quickly after joining the cavalry, he was actually captured by the Confederate Army. <laughs> and when we Thank say God. captured, we mean that they left him in Confederate lines <laughs> and then tied his horse to a tree and said, "Oh no, we go. Oh, sorry, Boston. Oh God," and rode away. He was actually sent to Andersonville Prison. Oh, shit! That's okay. fucking around. Yeah, no. Having covered, I mean, going back to episode five when we covered the the, uh, uh, McDowell Civil War prison. Yeah. Fucking, the one you just mentioned was, like, mentioned in all the reports. I'm like, this is the only one that was worse. Yeah. Yeah. The Andersonville Prison was horrendous. So, to give you a little bit of an idea for anyone who doesn't know, um... Obviously, most people know that the Nazis were heavily influenced by the, the South and the United States. The way they used slavery, the way they, you know, uh, ethnically cleansed the Native Americans. Uh, and then their other influence, for the most part in the concentration camps, came from Russian pogroms where they killed Jews. But they had one major influence there from the United States, and that was the Andersonville Prison. It was a prisoner of war camp. And basically, they didn't really feed them. They worked them to death. The edges were these huge wooden walls with a big ditch. And they wouldn't warn you, you're too close to the edge. If someone's too close, they just shot them. All in all, a third of the prisoners were killed. Jesus. Yeah. And and these were crowded spaces, too, right? Like This was a huge prison. Way overcrowded. In the south with no AC out in the open. Where, Where was this? Uh, I think it's in Georgia, but I have oh, to look it up. Oh, fuck me, no. Die. Mm-mm. I would rather nope. die. Nope. That's, that, that is a hell I don't wish on anybody. I, I weirdly know, like, all of the other details here, but not where it was. Now you're making me feel really dumb, but I think no, it's I don't know where it is. I don't, I don't <laughs> see why we would be guilt-tripping anybody. More importantly, how did our gospel-singing eunuch make it out of there alive? Oh, because the rest of his cavalry was killed and they needed him real bad... They traded him for another prisoner of war. And when he came back, he was alive, but he had a horrible case of scurvy. (laughs) Get this bitch some tang. (laughs) Pump him full of orange juice and he's fine. 
This is ridiculous. <laughs> the man survived neutering himself. I'm sure he'll make it out of scurvy. That's what I'm saying. He got scurvy. If scurvy took this guy, it would be a, a, a offense. I would be upset. <laughs> so he returned with the scurvy in Nover, November of 1864. March of 1865, he was recovered, ready to get back on a horse. And on April 14th of 1865, John Wilkes Booth came up behind Abraham Lincoln. Oh, no. No. Shouted death to tyrants. these together. And shot Lincoln in the back of the head. He didn't say death to tyrants. He said death to tyrants in a, you know, pompous, douchey way. I mean, Latin is just slang for pompous and douchey in almost every case. Andersonville is in Georgia. Why are we talking about the assassination of Lincoln with our fun, fun unit? Well, 10 days after Broken Leg John Wilkes Booth went scurrying into Virginia, Boston Corbin's regiment was sent to go after him. Oh, dear God. They had Gotta ex- get our glory to God man back. Get him. Yeah. They had, they had explicit orders to capture him alive. Well, yeah! You do that with your presidential assassin. <laughs> Volunteers got a tip from a fisherman and his wife near where Booth was and they crossed the Hannafick River and they were heading into Bowling Green, Virginia. The same informants suggested the men were aided by a soldier named Willie Jett. That's a great name. (laughs) Yeah. Who happened to be an innkeeper in Bowling Green with a large tobacco barn outside. Oh, so he And the leader of a biker gang. That, That too. Takes them two days to surround Booth and his accomplice David Harold in the tobacco barn. Two days to surround him? Well, two days to get there and then surround him. Oh, I was, I was like, God, that's a big-ass barn they got to surround. <laughs> they captured Harold, but Booth for, refused to come out. <laughs> come uh, on He's an Booth. actor. Listen. Hmm? No. No. <laughs> no, no, you what? come out. <laughs> I'm staying here. <laughs> so they set the barn on fire. Oh, that's one way to do it. We're going to branch the video yep. this motherfucker. Now, Corbett no, saw I'm Booth through a crack. No, I'm not coming out, and it's hot. <laughs> Corbett saw Booth through a crack in the wall, lifted oh. his gun, and shot him. Oh, God damn it. Did he even yell? Listen. I, God, have mercy on your soul or whatever his badass line yeah, was. Did, I have did not seen any details phrase? on that. Ah, damn it. You had one job, Austin. What? Take the man, like, on, also, also, be like he's better alive than dead. I mean, he's already in a burning barn. Where the fuck's he going to go? He broke his leg, too. Where's he going to go? Yeah. Like, just haul they, him out so we can pillory him or something. Well, this was a little Boston bit of trouble trigger for happy dipshit. I would say so. It was a little bit of trouble when Jack Ruby did it. It's not a thing you do. <laughs> so, first, they thought Booth killed himself. <laughs> but... When the lieutenant was looking at Booth's body and realized that he was shot, he said, who did this? Corbett came forward. Of course he did. Our good, good, honest boy. And And when the lieutenant said, why did you do this? We were told to take him alive. He said, Providence directed me. What does Rhode Island have to do with any of this? Providence means a command directly from the Holy Spirit. I'm aware it was sarcasm, but still, I'm so mad. So Corbett, damn it, was... Corbett, we were supposed to take him a swing low, sweet chariot. 
damn it. <sighs> so Corbett was court-martialed again. Again. Second court-martial. Yep. During the court-martial I'm sorry, testimony, did they... Corbett said that Booth did raised they... his rifle, and that's why he shot in self-defense. Oh, good. Now, there were two ways this was disputed. <laughs> oh, good. The first one was a bunch of people said, Nuh-uh, I didn't see you do it. You didn't shoot Booth. Wait. Okay. 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 That seems silly. That was debunked by the second one. The second one said it was not self-defense, and they had three pieces of evidence. Okay? First, they had witnesses. Uh, Okay. Which witnesses? uh, Well, it was the farm owner, some other soldiers. Oh, okay. Yeah, things like that. I didn't know it was people. Second, they had his admission. I mean, yeah, he did say he did it. And third, and this is why they knew it wasn't self-defense, the entire reason they realized Booth had not killed himself is because he was shot in the back of the head. Yeah, that'll do it. Ah, the old Russian suicide. Yeah, that is a, that is the standard 2018 bad shitty cop excuse for self-defense right there. Yeah. That is, Boston is their progenerator. This is nice. (laughs) So... With that said, he was set up to be sentenced to death. And then the judge said, you know what? The rebel is dead. The patriot lives. He has spared the country expense. Continued excitement and trouble. Discharge him and let him go. This guy. Why can nobody slap this man on the wrist? Or just hang him. Because he's been up for death twice. And then sent to Andersonville. The man is like, and he castrated himself at home. The man is just dodging death like it's Neo in the Matrix. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Walking out of the courthouse and realizing his immediate celebrity, he had to piece together a story about why it was self-defense and Booth got shot in the back of the head. Mm. So he said, I aimed at his body. I didn't want to kill him. He stooped low to pick something up as I fired, and that's why I hit him in the back of the head. God avenged Abraham Lincoln. I shit, I'm, I'm I can't even. I don't. I don't have any idea. I I I'm having I'm having a very hard time understanding how any of this, any of this is something that we don't get told about because. For the love of all that is holy, this I, I feel like the people should know. God damn it! I just feel like the people should know. We all, yeah, like we all know who killed Lincoln, but who killed the guy who killed Lincoln? The answer is a man with no nuts who people nicknamed Glory to God Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just we know about a lot of these other guys. Like I could name Jack Ruby off the top of my head. I, I know Charles Guiteau got caught. But I didn't yeah. know that yeah. Booth got shot by the nutless winner. <laughs> we had a little hard time uh, discerning who James Earl Ray was. I mean, but, yeah, we uh, have established that canonically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just none well, of fuck. this makes me That's feel it. good. So now. How does this guy die? Like, oh. Now, with all this fame, he decided to go back to Boston. He was a hatter again. Yep, get back to it. Maybe if you double down on the crazy, you'll be back to normal. Oh, god damn it. 
All right. It's like a Japanese arcade game where the high score resets when it gets too high. <laughs> if he just bottoms out on crazy, he'll be right back to normal. <laughs> Bury the needle. Bury the needle on crazy. Needless to say, lots and lots of racist Southerners were sending him anonymous death threats. Oh, my God. Now, if you Makes know what like, death threats do to the psyche, they're pretty damaging. You yeah. get pretty paranoid, understandably. This man has spent his entire life being yelled at and kicked down. Are you about to tell me mean letters are going to do it for him? <laughs> well, it's mean letters. Is that what it fucking took? <laughs> it's mean- I mean, a judge said we were going to kill you twice. It, but it's mean letters plus mercury nitrate. More oh, mercury nitrate. <laughs> sure. All right. And All right, so he started fine. getting really, really paranoid. So he mm. would start preaching to people mm. about God, suspect they would want to kill him when they got annoyed, and draw a gun on them. Over and over well, again. Well, oh no. Why? Privileges what? of being so, a war hero, I guess, is that a cop didn't fucking shoot him every time he pulled out his gun. I, how? This, so now, not only is he annoying, self-righteous, he may just shoot you because he's so paranoid he thinks you're going to try and kill him. Oh yeah. Yeah, things are going well. So he's hopping around Connecticut, New Jersey, everywhere, just pulling guns on people, street preaching, hatting, praying <laughs> up a storm. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fucking street preacher in a duster who's just got two fucking six pieces right on his hip. Just hats. He's a quick and just draw. hats for days. <laughs> Orange hats. Quick draw on the verses and even quicker on his guns. <laughs> God damn it. He started running out of places he could preach and running out of places he could hat. (laughs) Are those two lists mutually exclusive? Man, background checks were just ruthless in the late 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't even background check it when they led him in the Calvary. (laughs) So his his last straw, he was making a slideshow, a lantern slideshow in a tent meeting with kids. And he was showing gory details of the assassinations. And parents chased what? him out. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Stop. A lot of stuff to unpack. What kind of slideshow do they have in the 1800s? What fucking Lantern. 1800s PowerPoint is there? Uh, it was like a sheet, and they would have a candle behind it, and they would hold, like, papers with hard trace stuff, and it would make it bigger for the whole room. So he was and playing... And somehow sh- they got so detailed with those little silhouette cutouts... That there was, like, discernible gore. <laughs> and and parents chased him out. So, again, <laughs> why, at the children's thing, did you think you needed graphic details of John Wilkes Booth murder? <laughs> that was his claim to fame. He wanted to keep his candle up. I mean, I think we're underselling this self-castration as a claim to fame. That's an important thing. God. So being run out of town there, he eventually went to Philadelphia and took a train west out to Kansas where they were giving out land. And where, honestly, he probably fit in. I've been to Kansas. He's not out of the ordinary. Well, the reason Kansas is like that is because in part of the whole ethnic cleansing thing after the Civil War, they said, look, you're white because you're the only people that count. You start farming there. All of a sudden, you farm the land, it's yours. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Um, So he got in on that. 
Uh, now he used that as this was 1878, and there. The local Topeka government, they knew who he was. And they were like, oh, he's a Civil War hero. Let's entertain him. <laughs> he could be a guard at the whorehouse. Courthouse. Okay. I was, I, I thought that was whorehouse for a sec. And that would be so bad. Because the last time he was around a whore, his dick got caught. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the man's very good at being paranoid and holding guns at people. So he's got his work cut out for him right now. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It's funny you say that. Uh, he got fired from that because he started chasing the other guards around with guns. That's... Well, wh- okay, Boston, there's exactly two brands of people you're not supposed to be hostile towards. <laughs> it's the patrons and the other guards. I just don't... How? So, how? because of that... Why is Yakety Sax not playing for this whole thing? Because of that, he was put in Topeka Asylum. About time! One day later, no. Someone had left a horse tied outside during outdoors activities. He grabbed the horse and rode off, singing there "Amazing Grace" at most... the top of his lungs. <laughs> there goes the most nutless man I ever knew. I, oh god, the craziest motherfucker this side of the Mississippi. Should should we try and catch him? No, no, let no, him ride. Mm-mm. I mean, it would, it would take no effort to bring him back. Nope. No, he's gone. Gone forever. Providence wanted him gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling that everybody in this side was just like, let's leave this horse here. Yeah, this is very much like the <laughs> captured by the Confederates, quote unquote. So he met up with a friend <laughs> from Andersville, Andersonville Prison. <laughs> Where you make your best ones. It's yep. Red and Andy in Siwatanao. <laughs> Kansas. His friend was named Richard Thatcher. He lived out in Kansas. A few nights into living there, Corbett got on his horse, looked at Thatcher, said, I'm going to Mexico, and rode off in the sunset, never to be heard from again. It's exactly Red and Andy and Zihuatanejo. He's working on a boat before Freeman. Son of a bitch. And why is Mexico the th- You're in Kansas, and you just get on the horse and go, Tijuana, I'm on. I don't know. He didn't drink anymore. I want to know what the fuck is in can like what's in tech- Mexico that he cannot find anywhere else in this world. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know what he's missing right now. Is it just like more religion or? I, I don't know. It was pretty Catholic down there, but that doesn't go so well with the Methodist thing. No, not a lot a of new... street preachers in the Catholic oh. religion. I'm going to go convert that country. Yeehaw! <laughs> Rides off. <laughs> when Santa Ana show on up? I feel like we're close. <laughs> well, that was the last There's time he'd ever foul heard mouth from. Rude so no one's boys. quite sure what happened after that. The leading theory was that he took the complete wrong direction of Mexico... Wound up in a town in Minnesota what? where they had overlogged, and there was a forest fire that killed 400 people, and he was among them. How the fuck is that? E- where There's like an entire tangent of, of evidence that has to exist between here and there I, well, to make more that assumption. It's the 1800s. <coughs> you know where the that sun is. just. You know what north is. <laughs> How are you that bad? Like, I can get Mercury. being like... Too far to the southeast or the southwest, if you were aiming for, like, right at Tijuana. But you went the opposite direction. 
Well, now, remember, this is the leading belief of actually knowing what happened to him. Most people just assume that he's just gone. Like, maybe he got in a fight with a bear, drew a gun on him, and lost. God knows what. But I refuse to believe that. This man survived Andersonville. Two court marshals with death sentences and self-castration. No way a bear is taking this man down. No. He, I, he was the glory to God man. He might have rode off in the sunset like Elijah. <laughs> he <laughs> walked outside and was raptured. That's it. That's it. One day he just became stardust. <laughs> he'd done enough he'd done enough good deeds and he was taken to heaven like Blackjack Savage or whatever that fucking movie was. And that and that man went on to kill Santa Anna. Just I, <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> That's all I got on Boston Court. I feel like it's enough. Oh, That's more Christ. than enough. Fuck me. Running. This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast, a weekly comedy and history podcast. We hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoy making it. We would like to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. Uh, you can catch us every single Wednesday, except for the days you can't. Um, right now, we are, uh, as you're listening to this, I believe we are in the middle of Nathan and I being on uh, two separate ends of the planet. Yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're in Iceland, and I'm, I'm hanging out yeah, with the Backstreet Boys. I, I'm camping in a town called Vic, probably at the moment, mm-hmm. or one of the other longer words I can't pronounce. Uh, uh, I just know cool. the D two hockey two. <laughs> They're uh, really bad. But Gunner Stall. But I believe last last week I teased that there was an announcement. I'm gonna do another fucking tease. Uh, August thirty first, a new thing is rolling out, Ooh. and uh, next week there will be even more information about it. So uh, enjoy that as you will. Uh, and boys, any 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 way we want to sign off on this? Uh, a little, little glory to God. Please don't cut your own nuts off. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs>